Warning, this case discusses child abuse and crimes against a child. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 101. Today's episode discusses some heavy topics, so if you choose to skip this episode, I understand. I'll be discussing the case of a two-year-old girl named Riley Ann Sawyers. My sources for today's episode are FBI Criminal Pursuit, Season 2, Episode 10, titled Baby Grace, Wikipedia, abcnews.go.com, wflx.com, San Diego Union Tribune.com, CNN, and KVUE.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. The FBI is the most sophisticated law enforcement agency in the world, pursuing the most dangerous criminals. When a monstrous crime shocks Galveston police, she was placed in three trash bags, put into a container, then tossed off a bridge. It's a small child that's been washed up on a sandbar in the Gulf of Mexico. What is she doing there? The Bureau mobilizes. There were so many unknowns in this case. It was searching for needle in a haystack. They called me to tell me that they said they didn't have her. I'm like, what do you mean they don't have her? October 29, 2007, in Galveston, Texas, Around 10.30 p.m., a fisherman named Robert Spinn was fishing in the Galveston Bay. It was a windy night, so he decided to go about a mile south of where he usually fished. He saw a box on the shoreline, so he walked over to it, and he had a gut feeling that something about it wasn't right. Inside the box, Robert found a black garbage bag. When he looked inside the bag, he saw the shoe of a little girl. He called 911 and waited until they arrived. The police confirmed that the box had the body of a young child inside. The police were obviously hit hard with the news that they had to investigate the crime involving a child. The police searched the area for any evidence, but there weren't any clues found. The medical examiner determined that the body was of a young girl between the ages of 2 and 5. The autopsy showed that the death of the victim wasn't an accident. Her cause of death was blunt head trauma. The police thought that maybe they were looking at a predator, but there was no DNA found on the child's body. The Galveston PD called in the FBI, and Don Gay and Benjamin Stone were assigned to the case. The FBI spoke to the Coast Guard about where the box could have been dropped off, and it was determined that she had been most likely dropped from the bridge. Police believed that the victim would be identified as her family was probably looking for her. They searched the missing persons database, but there was no match. The police asked the media for help, and a forensic artist helped give them a victim, give the victim a face. A photo of a blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl emerged. In one of the sketches, the artist had had been wearing a pink outfit and purple tennis shoes. The authorities gave the unknown victim the name of Baby Grace. A A press conference was held and the police begged the public to come up with tips. The police were told that there were ships constantly moving in and out of the water in Galveston, so the police believed Baby Grace could have been from anywhere. The photo of her was broadcasted nationally. Within 24 hours, family members were calling because they were afraid that baby Grace was their missing children. On November 2nd, the police responded to a call about a tip. A man said that a young girl lived across the street from him resembled baby Grace. He said that she and her family had abruptly moved in the middle of the night. The police entered the home and they found discarded kids' clothing and shoes inside, but the family was missing. The police then received another tip from the manager of a motel. One of the rooms had been rented by a couple, but the room didn't, hadn't been rented in, in over a week. The rooms had items inside that looked like a child had been there, but other people in the hotel hadn't seen one. 
a housekeeper had found child clothing and a photo that matched baby Grace's description. The police took this tip seriously and were able to find the couple, but baby Grace wasn't theirs. It was a false alarm, and so was the child that lived across the street uh, from the man. The FBI eventually received a tip from the authorities believing that the young victim could have been Madeline McCann. Madeline McCann had been taken from her vacation home in Portugal in the middle of the night in May of the same year. The FBI contacted the Portuguese authorities and obtained DNA. It was not Madeline's DNA. In the days before Baby Grace was discovered, two fishermen fishing in the Galveston Bay had contacted the police. They had seen an older car with a boat pulling into the boat ramp. It was a man and woman, and they were holding a blue container. They said the woman was in tears as they boated back to shore, but they didn't have the container anymore and were gone for about an hour. The police did a search around several communities trying to find the older model car that was described, but they weren't able to find it. A candlelight vigil was held in Galveston Bay for Baby Grace. The police attended to try to stake it out, and also the fishermen that had found the container attended in case the man and woman showed up. There was a woman in the crowd that caught the police's attention because her behavior really stood out. The fishermen could only say that it was possible that it was the woman from the boat. The woman disappeared before the police could follow her. By the first week of November, the police started to believe that maybe they could have been looking at Baby Grace's family members because no one had seemed to be looking for her. But while the police searched, a woman in Mentor, Ohio, named Cheryl Sawyers was on the internet. She had come across the story of Baby Grace. The outfit on the drawing of Baby Grace caught her eye because it was similar to an outfit that she had given to her two-year-old granddaughter, Riley Ann Sawyers. And it wasn't so much the composite drawing I mean, it resembled her. She had the curly blonde hair and that. But it was more the clothing that she had on. I bought all of her clothing. Riley used to live with Cheryl, but Cheryl hadn't seen her granddaughter in about two months. Riley's mom, Kimberly Trenner, had been in the custody battle with Cheryl's son, Robert. Kimberly and Riley then disappeared. The Sawyers eventually learned that Kimberly had, a, had married a man named Royce Ziegler. He, Kimberly, and Riley moved to Texas. Cheryl had shown up at the house to pick up Riley, but no one was there. She then learned from the website that baby Grace was found in Galveston near Houston, where they had moved. Cheryl doubted that Riley was baby Grace, but she did call in the tip. She asked for someone to do a welfare check on Riley. On November 10, 2007, an officer was dispatched to Royce Ziegler's house. When an officer was at the house, Royce had arrived. He claimed that Riley didn't live there anymore. He said Ohio CPS, or Child Protective Services, took custody of her after allegations about sexual abuse came out. Right. Kimberly confirmed the story and faxed them a letter to prove it. The police were very suspicious, as the police knew that Texas CPS would have taken custody of a child, not Ohio. They contacted Ohio CPS, but they denied that a letter had been sent or would have picked Riley up. A DNA sample was ordered to be taken from Kimberly. Robert and Cheryl claimed that Kimberly wouldn't have hurt Riley, or so they thought. Never saw her spank or hit Riley at all. She's a good mother. I wasn't thinking that it was her. This is actually really hard to get through because it's a poor little girl who is two years old and defenseless. But anyways, Kimberly said they drove to Galveston and dumped the container off a bridge. The police were absolutely shocked at her story. 
After her confession, she said that Royce had attempted suicide just a few days earlier. She said he had written a confession letter admitting to what he had done. But once Royce was in custody, he told the police a different story and blamed everything on Kimberly. He said he had been sleeping and woke up to seeing Riley in bad shape. The police and FBI searched the house. They found the suicide note, which Royce apparently took the blame for killing Riley. The FBI lab was able to confirm that Royce had written the note. The police also uncovered a list of rules for Riley. This list included be polite, listen to them, be in bed by 8 p.m., nap at 2 p.m., toys stay in her room, put toys back where she found them, behave in public, never alone in the room, treats are only a reward. Royce and Kimberly were both charged with capital murder. Robert wasn't sure what to believe whether Kimberly participated in hurting their daughter. and Robert had met in 2004, they quickly got serious and Kimberly got pregnant at only 15 years old. Riley's birth was described by Robert as joyous and both her parents were excited. When Riley was three months old, she and Kimberly moved in with Robert and Cheryl. Cheryl became Riley's primary caregiver and Riley's wardrobe consisted of mostly pink and purple clothes. Robert and Kimberly eventually ended their relationship. Robert moved out, but he still saw Riley frequently. Robert had filed a domestic assault charge against Kimberly. He described Riley as a daddy's girl who loved to play outside. Kimberly had met Royce over the internet while she was still living with Cheryl, and in 2007, Kimberly moved out, but Cheryl saw Riley frequently until they disappeared. Cheryl was confused, especially because she saw Riley every day for two years. Kimberly had married Royce and moved in with him in Texas. On November 23, 2007, the police met with Kimberly and her lawyer to collect a DNA sample. While in the interview, Kimberly confirmed that Riley was baby Grace. Kimberly then said that the incident started with Royce. She said Royce had a history of disciplining Riley too harshly. She said on the morning of July 24th, Royce was tired of Riley's behavior. Kimberly said he stayed home from work to make sure she was disciplining Riley the right way. Kimberly said she helped Royce hit Riley with leather belts and drown her in the bathtub. Kimberly said then they, that she helped kill Riley to satisfy Royce. Kimberly said she hit Riley with a belt because he was doing that. They stopped at one point to give Riley some Tylenol, and the abuse stopped once Riley collapsed. Kimberly said Riley died in her arms. They never discussed calling 911, but drove to the store to purchase black garbage bags and a blue container. They bathed Riley in bleach to discard any DNA or evidence. They put Riley in the container and left her in the garage for two months. Kimberly said Royce wanted to keep the container in the garage, but it was starting to smell. Execution argued that Kimberly allowed the abuse to happen because she was afraid to lose Royce. Kimberly gave birth to their son while awaiting trial. And yep, that's right, she was pregnant. Because Royce had told her that her sentence would be more lenient if she was pregnant but the jury was not lenient. On February 2, 2009, Kim was convicted of capital murder and sentenced to life in prison. Royce was convicted of capital murder just a few weeks later and sentenced to life without parole. Their son is being raised by relatives. The area where Riley was found was renamed Riley's Island, and she was buried in Mentor, Ohio. Robert has since married and has two sons. Spent two wonderful years together. It didn't seem like long enough. She was just a sweetheart, loved her to death, and couldn't love anybody else more besides my other two boys that I have right now. 
Support for the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to Hold Your Goodies. First off, the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need a more precise shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes this Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. My husband loves the boxers, and I have ended up stealing the travel bag to use for extra storage. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CRIMEOCLOCK. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This was a really hard case for me to cover. I hope both Kimberly and Royce are rotting in prison because we all know what happens to child murders in there. The fact that Kimberly could watch and help a grown adult beat and kill a child, her child no less, is so sickening. And my heart breaks for Cheryl and Robert. And I hope they are at peace with knowing Kimberly and Royce can never hurt any more children. My book recommendation is With a Kiss We Die by L.R. Dorn. Summary. I'm Rihanna Rains, and welcome to the Rains Report. Rihanna Rains is the host of a popular true crime podcast. Her specialty is investigative journalism. Her style is truth-seeking moxie, and with millions of listeners along for the ride, her star is rising. But when an intriguing message is left on her tip line, the reporter is pulled into the most challenging case of her career. The mangled bodies of a husband and wife have been discovered in a multi-million dollar estate in Southern California. The prime suspects are their 22-year-old son and his girlfriend two college theater students who are now facing arrest and indictment. In a surprising move, they only want to speak with Rihanna, offering exclusive interviews in exchange for her help, getting their side of the story told. Instead of a badge or weapon, she carries her voice recorder onto the battlefield of the high-profile murder investigation. Through a series of interviews, Rihanna examines her subjects from multiple angles and diverse points of view, breaking past the walls of he said, she said, to pierce at dark and horrible truth. This book is truly perfect for me because I can relate to the narrator a lot. 
Not only do I love hosting this podcast, but I love to watch true crime shows or documentary at any time. I love a book that can keep my attention and keep me guessing throughout. And I give this book an 8 out of 10. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And again, I'm so sorry about the dark, dark matter of the subject. Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and please email me at iscrimelcocksummer at gmail.com. I love when you guys send me recommendations. You can also buy me a coffee and leave me a five-star rating and review. Thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring today's episode. For 20% off plus free shipping, please use the code at Crime O'Clock. And I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's Crime O'Clock somewhere.